This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. So turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Bear with me, everybody. Hopefully I get there before you do. <laughs> Romans 8 verse 5. <clears throat> Romans 8 verse, verse 5. And we're going to talk about two things today. Um, and I'll try and keep it short due to time. But we're going to talk about two things today as it, as it relates to your mind. We're going to talk about the characteristics of an oppressed mind, a mind that is um, not free to think the way God wants us to think. And we're going to talk about a mind that is free and how we should be thinking and how we should be seeing things. Um, But we're going to start out in Romans 8, verse 5. And it reads, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And the first characteristic of an oppressed mind is anxiety. Now, the definition of anxiety is distress or unease of mind caused by fear of danger or misfortune. This is distress, a distressed mind. Verse 6 and 7, it talks about being carnally minded um, instead of being spiritually minded. And the Amplified, let me read this for you really fast. The Amplified reads like this um, in verse 7. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And actively hostile. So that, what that means is if you have anxiety in your mind, it means that your mind is actually working against what God has designed your mind to do and where he wants you to live from. So actively hostile. It says that it's actively hostile to God. This is a carnal mind. And carnal means, um, like when we talk about the flesh, we're talking about um, um, things that pleasure your soul, your, your flesh, things that, that are temporary. It's not, um, it has everything to do with, with um, worldly pleasures and, and things that make you feel good but aren't necessarily good for you, that's carnal. And when we are carnally minded, it means that our minds are literally in opposition to what God wants for us. It's actively hostile. Hostile means that it is like in fighting stance here, I'm gonna resist and I'm gonna fight. That is what a carnal mind does. That is what an oppressed mind does. When your mind is not free, it is actively fighting against you being free and getting your mind right. That's what that means, to be carnally minded, not spiritually minded. When I read that, I was like, actively hostile. That's like, that's serious. 
That's a serious condition to be in. And it's, there are two ways to look at this of, of an oppressed mind. There's a condition where you're in this condition. This is just how you are. You are always fighting in your mind. That is a condition. Then there is a spiritual attack where you are not, you're not normally thinking like this, but when all of a sudden your mind starts acting crazy on you and you're like, where did that come from? Why am I dealing with this? That's a spiritual attack. I know that there are elements of, of mental illness and things we can touch on, but we're not gonna touch on that today. We're talking specifically about the spiritual side of your mind and how you have to aggressively, actively focus on things of the spirit. You have to, for freedom in your mind, just as the, the carnal mind is actively hostile to God and refuses to submit to the truth of God and the truth of the word, so your mind, when influenced by the spirit of God and by the Holy Spirit, it then is able to resist what the enemy wants to do in your mind. Does that make sense? Second thing is confusion. The inability to think clearly or make decisions. So if you are ever in a place where you're having trouble, like you're constantly back and forth, you can't make a decision, there's confusion surrounding your thoughts, there's confusion surrounding your decisions, that is not of God. That is not Jesus. Confusion, God is not a God of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And if you find that you're in constant there's a constant fight in your mind to make decisions where you just can't, where it's just like, I don't know, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that, I don't know. And then it causes you to become inactive. And when we're inactive, we don't do anything. You just, you, you retreat into this state of, well, I'm just tired of fighting, so I'm just gonna just let things be. And that's not what God created us to do. He created us to advance. He created us to move forward. Faith is moving forward. Faith is never sedentary. If you're walking, and that's why the Bible talks about the walk of faith. There is no, let me stand here and live out my faith life and never have to actually activate my faith. That is not the life of a believer. The believer is always moving forward in faith, always taking that next step, always saying, okay, God, what's next? What's around the corner? What do you want me to do now? And if you battle in your mind with confusion, that is not of God, and you can combat that. You don't have to live there. You don't have to stay there. But know, know what it is. The reason I'm teaching this is because I believe that a lot of times we settle for things the way they are, thinking that this is just the way life is, this is just the way life is. But that is not what happens when you get saved. When you get saved, you are set free from things. So this includes like mindsets that may be in your family, things that you may have done a certain way your whole life, or things you may have seen and experienced in your parents' lives, in your grandparents' lives, just a way of thinking, a way of doing things. But when you come to Christ, when you come to Jesus, those things are secondary to who you are in Jesus. Anything 
that would try and rise against the truth of the word of God needs to bow. That includes family mindsets and family ways of doing things. Culture is secondary to the kingdom of God. It's secondary to Jesus. So in my family, even though um, I have a lot of believers in my family, if there was ever a time that they were doing something and I was like, well, that's not in, that's not, that's not in the Bible. I don't do it just because they're my family. I have to choose, and sometimes choosing Jesus means standing on your own. And it means breaking free from what once was to be able to grab a hold of what's next and what's to come. And that's where sometimes, that's where the battle is in our minds. It's like, am I gonna choose Jesus and go this way? Or am I gonna be comfortable in this place that I've always known? This place that I've always experienced where, where I feel safe. But let me tell you, the walk, of, the walk of faith is not a safe place. You're safe in the Lord, but it's not safety in terms of moving forward. Because there are times when you're walking with the Lord, you're not going to know where you're going. But you know I'm stepping out in faith. And you're trusting God to take you where you need to go. Amen? The third, oh, and I wanted to read this. Sorry, James chapter 1. 5 verse 8. Let's jump over there quickly. 5 through 8. Um, Hebrews, James, 1. Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. If you can't make a decision, you're just going to be like this. Just like, just like waves. Just going back and forth. Just kind of floating through life. God, God made us to be purposeful people. He's a God of purpose. He, he already knows the end. He's already written the story for the end of time, the end of your life. So why would he want you waffling around in life not knowing what's happening, not knowing where you're going, not knowing what's next? Don't be double-minded. When I pray over people and I pray over their minds and I always say, um, listen, if you're trying to make a decision, Ask the Lord for wisdom. It says here that he will give it to you liberally. Let him ask. He gives to all liberally, without reproach, meaning that he'll give it to you, 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 he'll give it to you. All you have to do is ask. Why don't we ask God for wisdom? Why do we like to stay in those places where I just don't know? It's all about me. Somebody help me. Jesus, where it's as simple as, God, give me wisdom. Give me your wisdom. Let me see what you see and take me there. It's as simple as asking because we believe that God will do what he said he would do. So if we believe that, when we ask without doubting, we got to believe that he's actually going to do it. 
I believe that when I ask for wisdom, he's going to give me wisdom. And that means that when we ask, we believe, and then we make a decision. We don't still throw it back out to the wind and say, oh, I hope. No. When you ask for it, believe that when you make the decision, it's the best decision that he's giving you to make. Amen? Third thing, of an, characteristics of an oppressed mind, the inability to rest. Your mind should be able to rest. If your thoughts are nonstop, ongoing, constant, back and forth, never at peace in your mind, that is not a characteristic of a mind at peace. That is inability to rest. That's an oppressed mind. Because when you can't rest, you can't rejuvenate yourself. You can't, you can't um, be refreshed for what's next. Because it leads into anxiety. It's the same thing. It all, it's all the same thing. When you have an anxious mind, there's no peace. And when there's no peace, um, everything is out of whack. Everything is urgent when there's no peace in your mind. Everything becomes so important that there are other important things that, that end up being secondary when they shouldn't be. Your mind should be able to stop and focus on certain things. Let's turn to um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today. If you can't read it with me, write it down, and please go read it later because um, this kind of thing, it will set you free. Like when you can think, when your mind can be on a different level in terms of thinking and how you see life, in terms of perspective, it'll take you somewhere. You will go somewhere in God you have never gone before. And we're talking about higher ground we live from a place of higher ground. It's not, we're, try, we're not trying to get there. Jesus already took care of everything on the cross. It's already taken care of. We need to position ourselves from higher ground. And the only way you get there is if you can actually see yourself there. And if you can't see yourself there, there are things going on in your mind that have to go. Because it's the devil that prevents you from having vision. Not God, because God created you with purpose. So if you feel lost in purpose, that is not God, because he is a God who is all about your future. He said he knows your future. He has a plan for your future. So if that's what he said and you can't see that future, the devil is lying to you. Your mind is lying to you. So you have to be able to decipher what is truth and what is a lie. And sometimes it's really hard to decipher those things because sometimes the lie is so close to what the truth is, but it's not quite the truth. Kind of like Adam and Eve. They, um, the snake came and said to them, um, Lord, help me get this right. He came and said to them, did, not, did God not say that if you um, eat from the fruit of the tree that you might die? And, they, and she said, no, it's only, it's only this one fruit. But really what God said was, um, um, there's one word, sorry, that the, that the enemy changed in that story where it was like, it's either yes or no, and you will die and you might die. God said, don't touch it. 
you'll die if you touch this. And the enemy is saying, no, you might die. It's close, but not quite what God said. And the key to being discerning in the things of the spirit and even having your mind in a right place, it empowers you and enables you to decipher the whole truth. Not half of it, not part of it, but the whole truth. And it's just like when Jesus was in the desert and the, the enemy was, was tempting him. And Jesus was like, he was trying to challenge who Jesus was. Like, if you're the son of God. And Jesus is like, no, I am the son of God. And this is what the word of God says. It's sometimes one word that changes everything. You've got to know. Here's, here's where the renewing of the mind comes in. You've got to know who you are and what this word says because your mind will lie to you. It will lie and lie and keep you bound where you are. So Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As a believer, you shouldn't, you shouldn't um, lack rest your mind should have regular moments of peace because that's, that's what the Bible says. It says to be anxious for nothing. And this is a peace that passes all understanding, meaning it doesn't make sense to other people. It won't make sense. How can you be at peace in this stressful situation? I've got the peace of God. And that's the peace that keeps my mind sane and safe. We're going to jump over. Philipp, uh, Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The characteristics of a free mind is one, certainty. Certainty is the opposite of anxiety. When I looked up the definition of anxiety, it said that the antonym to that is certainty. This is where faith comes in. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Certainty is knowing who Jesus is, knowing that Jesus is real, and knowing that Jesus will do what he said he will do. That is the opposite of anxiety. If you deal with anxiety, you need to start speaking faith. You need to start realizing and accepting that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is the son of God, that he is salvation, that he is peace, that is certainty. Certainty leads us to clarity. Clarity is number two, characteristics of a free mind. Clarity is the opposite of confusion. It enables you to see the future, to have vision, to have hope. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. The word established there actually means certain. It means when you commit your works to the Lord, your thoughts will be established. 
it brings clarity. It comes when faith rises to the surface, trust becomes preeminent, and it's how you can move forward without knowing exactly where you're going. Because there's clarity, and the clarity is not so much about where you're going, but it's more so about who God is. I am clear about who God is. There is nothing in, nothing in my world that will tell me God isn't who he says he is. And because of that, faith rises in me. And because faith rises in me, I continually can trust the Lord. And when I can trust him, when he tells me to do something, I can do it. I will move forward in faith. That is what clarity does. It takes all the clouds out of your mind. It takes all the confusion out of your mind. So then you're clear about who God is. So when you're clear about who he is, you know that your, your future is certain, that there's nowhere he's going to take you that's going to hurt you. And when that faith is there, that will empower you to be able to make decisions when you need to make decisions, even when they're hard decisions. Because you will know that when you're making this decision, well, I'm being led by the Spirit of God here, it feels weird. It feels weird because it's not normal for me. But I know who God is. And I trust him. So I can do this. The Bible says that Abraham, he went out, took his whole family, didn't know where he was going. He had no idea. But God said, get up and go. And he just got up and started moving. Can you imagine? That's like my husband saying, okay, we're, we're about to bounce. I'm like, where are we going? I don't know. I heard from the Lord. I'd be like, uh, I didn't. Let's slow this down a little bit. <laughs> but Abraham, he did it. And God bless his wife, Sarah. She went along for the ride. Praise God. Jesus, help me. Um, characteristics of a free mind, peace. Peace of mind is an expectation of the believer. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. For people who have trouble sleeping at night, we have a rule in our house that the devil has no access to us in our sleep has no access to our children. Like our children don't have night terrors. And I remember when Gia was born and I remember people telling me that it was normal for kids to have night terrors. And I was like, the devil is a liar. <laughs> In this house, nobody is having night terrors because it's the, it's the scariest thing when your child wakes up and they're like screaming and you're like, what is going on? What happened? And you don't, they, and they're not able to communicate. So you're just thinking something terrible is happening. The devil is a liar. In our house, everybody sleeps and sleeps well. <laughs> In Proverbs, Proverbs 3, it says, when you sleep, you won't be afraid. And when you sleep, your sleep will be sweet. And we declare that over our children. We declare that over us when we sleep. Peace says he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. I will tell you this story and then I'll get ready to close. Um, I used to work at a bank. When I was in college, I worked at a bank. And um, it was a good job. It was a bank job. It paid well. Worked with my hours and stuff at school. And 
one day we were robbed and I was the teller that um, the guy came up to to rob the bank. And you know, you're like, is this really happening? Like you have those moments where you think, this isn't really happening because you see about it, they teach you about it, and you don't actually ever think it's actually gonna happen to you. And he comes up and um, I didn't know, I couldn't tell, he was wearing a, a coat, so I couldn't tell if he had a gun or anything, but they teach us that when, when they ask for the money, like he slid me a note saying, you're being robbed, give me your money. Um, I thought it was a joke, and I looked at him, and I could tell he was actually serious. And um, we have a procedure that we follow um, for that. And he, we gave him what, because they teach you to give them what they want so they can get out, so they don't endanger the lives of the people uh, in the bank. And um, after that whole episode, what they do is they have these counselors come in after to make sure that nobody's like severely traumatized after having that happen to them. And I remember sitting down with the counselor and it's mandatory, it's not like you have a choice, you have to sit down with the person. And I remember sitting with the counselor and he was asking me all these questions and, and he was like, I think his assessment was, I think that you are um, in denial or in shock because you're not exhibiting any of the characteristics of somebody who was just robbed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there, I'm like, well, how am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be completely stressed out and like never coming back to work? And, and not to take away from people who are at different stages in life and maybe you might have handled it differently. But um, for me, I knew whose I was. And I refused to let the enemy grab a hold of a situation, take a situation that could have been um, more traumatic than it was, because it was actually a really easy robbery, if, it's, if there's anything, if that makes any sense to you. Like, there was no violence, I didn't see a gun, I didn't see any of that. And it could have been much worse. And for me to be able to sit there in the room with this counselor and be like, I'm okay, like, I wasn't having nightmares. Yes, you have that, that hesitation sometimes when you're dealing with people because you don't know who's going to walk up to your counter. Um, but I didn't exhibit the signs of somebody who went through something traumatic. And the only thing I could say to him is, well, I know Jesus, and I'm okay. I, I'm not, I'm okay. And for every situation, for every challenge, for every experience, you have to get your mind right. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. What does that mean? Jesus came to earth and lived here as a man, son of God, lived here as a man. Demons listened to him. Sickness listened to him. Peter listened to him. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're going to listen. I'm here on purpose, for purpose. I know who I am. And if we're supposed to have the mind of Christ, it means that we are supposed to think from a higher level. I want to experience freedom. I can't do the same things I've always been doing and ex expect that something different is going to happen. 
I want freedom, I have to shift and change the way I think and see things. I want perspective. I want to be able to see how God sees people, see how God sees the world. I got to be able to prepare myself for what that means. It might mean that I need to take a step back from some things that are not life-giving. What is in your life preventing you from seeing and thinking, experiencing on a higher level? It is not okay to just be okay. As a believer, you are called to live life from a higher level. What you have, people want it. I was telling the team this morning, there's something inside of us sometimes that people see. They don't know what it is, but they want to be around you. They're like, I don't know why I want to be around you, but I, there's something about you. That is the spirit of God inside of you. And if you don't recognize what the Spirit of God can do in you and through you, how is anybody else supposed to recognize it? The same Spirit that rose, that rose Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives inside of you. Saints, get your mind right. Get it right. Cut out the junk. What are you feeding your mind? Because it's in your mind. The only way you can have vision is if you're able to see it first. Like if, if you're going somewhere and you don't know where you're going, yes, sometimes the Lord will reveal things as we're going along, but he always gives you a picture. He gave Abraham the promise before he set out. He's like, this is what I'm telling you. You are going to be the father of many nations. Now I need you to get up and go. God will give you the picture. He won't always tell you what it's going to look like page by page, but he will give you the ending. Do you have vision to see it? Is your mind even in a place to receive the promise that God's given you? We can hope and hope and hope, but until you're actually taking steps of faith toward what he's promised you, you're never going to get there. Get your mind right characteristics of a free mind it's clarity it's certainty hallelujah it's peace how do you do this when you start thinking about things that are negative when you start to fall back into old thought patterns and old behaviors shut the thing down quickly when you're battling anxiety when you're battling lies, because the lies will come, you have a choice. Are you going to believe them? Are you going to dwell on them? Or are you going to find, you can come on up, Helen. you can find the truth. It says, the Bible says to dwell on whatever is lovely, think on these things. Whatever is true, think on these things. Train your mind to think like a free, the free believer that you are. Train it. It's like a muscle. It's going to stay flabby until you train it. This post-baby belly isn't going anywhere until I actually beat it into subjection. Your mind isn't going to change until you beat it into subjection. You will think like this. When depression tries to sit on you. I have the mind of Christ. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
I have a future. I have a hope in God. When anxiety, I, I can't get off anxiety. That is a lie. It prevents you from doing anything. And I'm getting ready to close. Use these tools. Take the word of God and apply it to your mind. When you start thinking a certain way, the only way you will get where you're going is if you start thinking where you need to go. Remember that the words, you can't say something different than what you're thinking. Get your thoughts right and start speaking truth. You start speaking that, everything else is going to line up. Eventually, your mind will start to think the way it's supposed to think. And it won't always default to the old you. It'll default to the new creature you, the believer you, the Jesus in you will rise up, praise God. Is it hard? Yes, it's hard. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's hard, but you can do it. You can do it, I believe you can do it. I believe in the God of miracles. He's a God of miracles and he can and he will set you free in your mind. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.